thank you for listening. Thanks for going through this episode of Parent Stuff as we go through these next couple weeks and talk about schools and education and what it's been like during the COVID-19 pandemic. I know you've heard a lot of things and everybody's probably sick of talking about it, but my goal and hope is that you would hear this as a parent. You would show some little empathy for the schools and the teachers and people that are working through it for our kids and that we could all go and help to try to meet needs, solve problems, and encourage the people that are in charge of our kids or teaching our kids or helping our kids. And we as parents can partner with them and do a better job of that make sure you subscribe you don't miss a single episode each week we'll bring you a new conversation and make sure you give a five-star review thanks for downloading listening and have a great week welcome to the parent stuff podcast i've got my favorite guest back on again is this your second or third time i think it's your second this is my second yeah mallory Samenko, my wife my partner my favorite parent Oh, hello. Good morning. You didn't say all the same things about Nora, did you? I did say that Nora might be my favorite guest. She was tied with you. Okay, obviously right. not a parent, but... That's right. <laughs> Some of my favorite people in the whole world. Mallory, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me back. We've done a couple weeks series talking to educators, administrators, people in the school system about COVID, everybody's favorite subject. I know we're all sick of it, but we want to talk to you and we're going to have a conversation as parents on this side of things because we have school age kid, Nora, that is in first grade. We have a preschool daughter and the last two years have been tough on parents, just like it has been on schools. And we definitely don't want to downplay that. And I know talking to the schools, some parents maybe... Maybe we're a little skeptical, Mallory. Maybe we roll their eyes a little at what they get and hear from the schools. And I've been trying to talk to these people working at schools because it's really hard (laughs) and it's really complicated. And I want parents to have empathy. But today, it's our turn, Mallory. We're going to talk about COVID and our family (laughs) and what it's been like. And maybe some feedback for a teacher or somebody that works at a school just to hear from a couple parents that Nora's entire school career has been during a pandemic. Yes, it has. So talk a little bit about you and talk about your educational background because you are not just a parent. You were a fantastic educator. And this is something (laughs) that I think makes a difference because it's helped us. And definitely I know you working with Nora and doing stuff. You taught first grade, you taught pre-K, and now you're a full-time stay-at-home mom. I am. You kind of answered my questions. This always happens. You already know my answers. But I um, I am Mallory, Evan's wife. I um, was a public school teacher for eight years. Um, I got my degree in early childhood education from Washita Baptist University. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Best school ever. Um, And we have a a three-and-a-half-year-old and a a a six-and-a-half-year-old. So, like you said, Nora's in first grade and Eliza is in preschool at a Mother's Day out. So she's not there every day, just a few days and a couple hours each day. So we've done this with everybody. I think Teresa Hagler called it our 9-11 moment. What were we doing? Spring break 2020. The pandemic happens. Nora and Eliza are how old and what happened for us? So Eliza was, she was one, which is unbelievable. (laughs) So she was in one-year-old Mother's Day Out. Almost two. And um, Nora was four years old in her last year of preschool. Um, They were... Only there a few days a week while I work part-time at Simple Church. Um, I remember, (laughs) I still remember, we were in our dining room, which is a very large table hanging out, and we're talking about everything that's happening. Like, we were both looking at our phones. We're like, now this is closed. And I remember it was not a big deal to you, my sweet, positive Enneagram 2 husband, (laughs) 
Um, I'm a six, so I am more the skeptic and probably way more negative. Not probably. I <laughs> am more negative than you. I wasn't going to say it. Um, and I thought it was a big deal when Bozier schools announced they were going to be closed. Well, let's rewind because even though we had no kids in school, right? That was a because big I was like, we never have snow days. Like this is a big deal. That's and you were like, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't a big deal until the basketball games. So were you got canceled. that, I think, out of order. So Wednesday, it was spring break. We went to dinner. And while we're sitting at dinner, they had a TV on and they were showing the NBA canceling their games because they had an outbreak. That was right before schools did it the next day, I think. So you were making fun of me that the NBA was the thing that was like, oh man, this is a big national thing. I think you were stuck thing. on it a while. Then, I was. Because you were repetitive, which is unlike you. And I was like, what? For, but for all the money and all the things of the NBA to cancel games, that was the thing to me that made it real, that sunk in. And mine was Bozier Parish School because they have a high standard That's for right. attendance. You know from the inside. So that Thursday we were going to have church, and then that Friday we decided we weren't going to have church. I um, volunteer that Sunday. That's so right. I so had prepped and prepared. Give a quick plug for volunteer. What is volunteer? Yes, um, volunteer is something I lead on Sundays, it's usually the sun, a couple Sundays after partner party, um, and it's just where I talk to a group of people that are interested in volunteering on Sunday mornings, and I tell them all the different ways from cafe to setup to children's ministry, so many different opportunities that we have. I kind of walk them through it. We have a nice video that we show of what it looks like. A Would video, it be video tour, yeah. <laughs> video tour. So that's why it's called Volun Tour. You mm-hmm. see that? I see what you did. Um. Anyway, so that's one of my big Sundays each year, and I was, of course, nervous, like I always am, but <laughs> prepared. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna have this, and I got to tell the people that RSVP, like, we don't have church. I remember feeling very unclear about what's going on. Everybody so did, much right? vocabulary that I was unfamiliar with. And obviously everybody did, but that's what I remember at the beginning. Um, we had just gone on spring break, right? It was, yeah, the Wednesday and Thursday of spring break. So then um, Nora and Eliza would have returned that Tuesday mm-hmm. after. Um, so it was, we'd already been home a week. Then go, we were like, okay, they're not going to be there. Each day that passed, we are like, this is not going to be as long-term as it would be, is what I remember thinking. Right. It'll blow over. Yeah, and it didn't. And then Still. <laughs> I remember you staying home, which that was another big deal. Right. I mean, our staff is small, and for y'all to have to all be home. And Shelter in place. You were doing, um, was it Zoom at the very beginning, or did y'all do something else? No, we Zoomed. We had Zoom staff like, meeting. What are they talking about? I remember I have lots of long-distant friends, and we had tried that before COVID, and we're like, this is weird. I'm not doing this. <laughs> And then it was crazy hearing about that. And you were doing that in our guest room, trying to find ha- a quiet place with quiet a one year old and a four year old. Yeah, that was super difficult. Um, yeah, so that is what I was doing on that 9 11 ish day. We'll never forget. Grandkids will ask us about when the pandemic started. Hopefully it's over by then. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so we had a four-year-old and a one-year-old. They canceled school the rest of the year. They canceled daycare. Nora never went back to her four-year-old class. Right. Never got to see her friends again that were in there. Yeah, she was, yeah there was no pre-K graduation for her, or um, which I know is, is a funny idea anyway. But 
there was never a wrapping this bow around the end of something. Right. And again, we've been talking to these teachers and trying to build empathy as a word I'm a big fan of. And as you're sitting That's there. That's actually what um, children's ministries learn in this hey, month of February. SK, there you go. Check out your FX in a box. Or compassion. They go hand in hand. They do. But trying to remember, so for anybody listening that's a parent of like, oh, well, you lost a kindergarten or preschool graduation, big deal. I lost high school graduation or I lost this or that. Sure. It's not a contest. It <laughs> it's is not, not a competition. That is one of the things we learned this phrase. Hardship it's Olympics. It's not the hardship Olympics. So I am hesitant since I'm the only parent talking about this topic. You're representing all parents. I can't. So <laughs> please, moms, dads, grandparents, don't. Don't get too frustrated with me. And um, obviously, I hope people know that we know people have lost loved ones, have lost grandparents, have lost parents, right. friends, and losing them to COVID is awful. Hundreds of thousands of people have died. It is not to say that our experience is worse than anybody's. But I do want to have the conversation because we all have gone through a period of mourning and losing something. Yes. And preschool graduation was a big deal for us and for our kid. And it wasn't so much that day, it was this time of life of preschool and your friends and, you know, academics have changed so much right. that kindergarten is a lot of work. Um, and just to me, it was like this one last hurrah of Robbed. just playing and childhood and, um, you know, preschool and Mother's Day out, especially like parents are very involved. Like I'm walking her in and walking to her classroom to pick her up every day. So I'm seeing her friends and her teachers and you could still actually go in the building back then. <laughs> right. And suddenly it's all gone. Um, that was difficult and explaining to Nora. I remember we were doing some porch drop offs with friends, mm -hmm. but um, and her wanting to play and do anything. And suddenly literally everything that had childhood on it was gone. We couldn't go to playgrounds. We couldn't go um, in Chick-fil-A. Still haven't been. I know ours just opened the, the inside, but, the but not the area. playground. Nope. That was her favorite thing. Her favorite thing, which she still asks about it, and Eliza has no concept. Like, why she are was you one. saying that? She doesn't that? remember, yeah. Um, which that's a, a weird thing, too, that her Eliza has no memories of life before what the world is now. Right. And we Nora added it up and it's been like 40% of Eliza's whole life has been in quarantine. Right. It's shocking. It is <laughs> shocking just to think about. We um, took a trip over um, oh the yeah. last weekend and she saw a working water fountain for the first time. In her whole memory of life. Which, to be clear, I think water fountains are gross. <laughs> Even when I was a teacher, I would cringe at students getting water. And Put I really try to it. encourage bringing water bottles. Ugh. Just because I think they're yucky. Um, but to Eliza, like when we go to a playground, it either has a trash bag tied on it or it's completely disconnected. So, of course, she goes and turns knobs or pushes buttons and stands there. Um, but this time, they weren't working at all. And she goes up there, and she pushes the button, and it works. And she just looked at me and did it again and was like, why is this sink at my level in the middle of a hallway? And I asked her what it was. I was like, what do you think that is? And she's at a hand-washing station. And to me, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I am a germaphobe before <laughs> it was cool, but that she thinks there's just a random hand-washing station. Because that's way more common than a working water fountain in her whole And memory. she never once tried to put her mouth, like, to drink it. She's still, I'm not sure if she understood. <laughs> yeah, I was hesitant to even tell her. 
But it's just those reminders still, even when we look at life right now and it feels a lot more normal than March 2020, and it is, we've come very far, but there's still parts that it's like, man, this is still a broken broken thing, go a memory or a broken piece or maybe even trauma that we're collecting and we're like, wow, this is still something we're going through as a family and as her mom that a normal almost four-year-old would know what this thing is and she never saw it. Right. So speaking of going through something as a family, then the next fun, exciting chapter of our life is July 2020 as we're getting ready to decide, are we going to send Nora to kindergarten in a pandemic? Yes. That was stressful. I, um... I was a teacher, and this is something that I feel like I championed was public school. Like, what a gift that it is to have free education, and it definitely has never been lost on me. And also, what a gift to have kids in Bossier Parish, like a great, great place to have your kids educated. Like, I'm for it. I love it. And suddenly, I'm in this position where I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Should I be sending her? Should I be keeping her home and do another year of preschool? Nora has a summer birthday, so it would have been okay. Um, and just virtual school, homeschooler, all these about. options yeah. that literally I never considered. I mean, I knew that we were capable and we could do these things, but I guess having this option and watching friends make different decisions, I had many friends that delayed the start of kindergarten for their kids that were pregnant the same time as me and many friends that chose to homeschool and many that were sending them without a second thought that were totally confident in their decision and I was just talking about this this week with my life group of I remember just being so sick and like begging God please tell me what to do um which I feel like there wasn't a wrong decision, to mm. be clear, and there's no judgment in wh- however anyone handled it. Um, so I, I believe we made the right decision. We well, sent we her. decided to send her, but then they delayed school, so that drove it out even oh, worse. Yeah. <laughs> so she was going to go. Kindergarten always starts um, a week later than right. the rest of the parish, and then um, there was a hurricane. So yeah, it's finally her time to go, and the hurricane cancels school. Cancels school another couple days, and then it's um, her time to finally we go. Finally, get in kindergarten. We get started. Yeah, and. I, I mean, she did it. She, I was so proud. I did. know there was a lot of people that um, were making fun of kindergarten moms and saying, like, you're not sending them to the Hunger Games. <laughs> and so I, um, I took that and I made a TikTok, I think, of her. <laughs> Literally me dressing her and she's doing the Hunger Games salute. Because I was like, actually, it kind of feels like this. Right. Obviously, she's not going to be fighting for food. But I'm sending her, I didn't grow up in Bossier Parish, so I actually had never been in the hallways of her school. A lot of people assumed that I had. I um, met her teacher one day with masks on. You weren't allowed in. There was only one parent. And it was just to drop off school supplies. Um, I knew the names of some people. She had a six foot sign, remember? So it was a six foot sign to try to hug and say hi. Yes, but you had to she stay couldn't your distance. get within six feet of her kindergarten teacher when they met. Um, so I guess you know when I was thinking about this, when someone might say, "Mallory, why was why are you struggling so much with this?" But to add to all this, I did 
like I studied education. My career was teaching this. I taught in elementary school. So before I even had kids, I had an idea of what childhood and education looks like. And I'm passionate about that. And once I was pregnant with Nora, I became even more, I feel like a better teacher in a way. Like, this is what I would want for my daughter. This Mm. is what I hope will be done for her. And I know this might not be the reason why you do something, but sometimes you give something your all in hopes that it is passed on. And hopefully you are lucky enough that it, it blesses your children or your family. So go starting school in all those weird ways and... Kindergarten didn't have to have a mask, but we sent one with her and put her on and in her little uniform. And I just kept thinking, this is not at all what I've dreamed for her for so long. And this is not at all as an educator what I would want for anybody's kindergartner is to drop them off where... Nora didn't even know how to unbuckle her five-part harness (laughs) seatbelt. And I remember telling you when we were driving her to the car in the car line and they told us beforehand like we couldn't get out and I was like Evan I have to get out she literally can't unbuckle (laughs) we're sending our five-year-old who her backpack's bigger than her in in a mask and don't know these people and suddenly I'm supposed to believe that whatever happens to you for the next seven hours and that she's gonna be able to wander in and find her class yes (laughs) shout out to Ann Allred because when I was so struggling with this um she came and just sat with me while I'm labeling all of her um, school supplies, which yeah. that was one of the big things then was they can't share anything. If a pencil, one of the things somebody told that was a rumor is like, if a pencil's on the floor, it goes in the trash because they don't know whose it is. And we didn't, they were going to be set up like ACT testing site, like all their te- their desks are very far apart from one another she's not going to be allowed to play with these friends and all of these lunch in their classrooms she never left her classroom she never played on a playground all of kindergarten five-year-olds trapped inside she never went into the cafeteria not once and she never even saw they had field day because that's when the world was opening back up the end of 2021 um but i I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's when she was like, Mom, did you know there are other kindergarten classes here? She didn't There's all other year. kids in another room. And I'm like, yeah, baby. But so much she didn't know. I, she didn't know where her class would be. And I'm like, these people don't even know my daughter. How is she going to get in there? And so Ann Allred came over and she made her a backpack tag and drew mermaids and fit like ocean theme because that was the theme of her classroom and we told her to find look for the ocean (laughs) so she matched it exactly which was just I mean what you needed so kind and just being with us in that moment and she still has it on her backpack and it still just reminds me of like this was why we did that and And just quick student ministry shout out Ann Albright was your small group leader when you were in high school and has been a mentor she never got rid of me that's right (laughs) she didn't have the option 20 years later now yes so um anyway that was her kindergarten it was a weird year we never went in we never on top of all that we finally get going and get started and two weeks later I get COVID so then we have to do virtual learning. Oh, yeah, in September. Uh-huh. So and we were one of the first, um, like, younger people to have that in our, our group, community. Yeah. And I remember when I called her school to tell her, I was like, uh, 
her dad just tested positive because you didn't know. Right. And it was a Monday morning. I was like at 8 a.m. I felt bad Sunday night. So I was like, I'm going to come get her. I don't know if y'all want to see. I'm afraid because it was like I was untouchable suddenly and we weren't weren't allowed in the school without a mask and just to like sign our kid in and out for checkouts. And they're like, oh, my goodness. I remember the reaction and they had to transfer me from, you know, the secretary to a different secretary, then the school nurse and then the assistant principal. And they're all saying different things, trying to get on the same page. And it was just like, we really are all together. I had no idea what to expect. They hadn't done this yet. And then we were home um, for back th- back in those days. <laughs> you, We were sent home for 14 days because me and the girls never got it. We didn't test positive. We were also symptom-free. Um, and we did go get them tested just in case because she could have gone back sooner. So right. you went back to work after 10 days. And we had to stay home, which would, that was so strange to be like, we're still here, but the person who had COVID <laughs> isn't. Um, and then it was fall break. So Nora missed 30 days or 28 technically. 28 days, yeah. Of kindergarten. She had gone for three weeks, home 28 days, then went back to school after fall break. So it was now. Um, and did virtual learning at home with you for three weeks, two yes. weeks. Yes. Yes, and that was did. challenging with a kindergartner. It was that, w- and those. <sighs> I mean, it was just challenging all the way around because watching those teachers and me thinking as a teacher, like, you just taught all day, and now I can. You're at your house, or you're, you know, in your cl- empty classroom teaching the same thing again for tomorrow, and just everyone's guessing. You know, and there would be yeah. a lesson that we didn't have materials for, and I. You know, luckily I taught this, so I'm like, okay, we'll do this. You were better prepared than most, right? I mean, it just was, it was a sad feeling. Like, this is not normal. This is weird. Like, Nora had no idea this doesn't happen when your dad gets sick. Like, (laughs) never before did you stay home when your dad's sick. It's the only kindergarten she knew. It was all she knew. And in a way, that was a blessing, you know, um, that she didn't know school to be different, that she didn't know it to be sitting with friends or to have the rug. They didn't get to do centers, all these things that you think about kindergarten. She didn't know the difference, so that is good. Um, but I did, and I think that's what hurt so much that, you know, as parents we had to grieve of, no, this isn't, but it, she'll be okay. We can trust the system, but at the same time we can grieve it. Yeah. And so we get through kindergarten. She does great. Academically, she's doing great. We're ready for first grade. Things are going to be a little more normal. And then Delta happens in her September, August 2021. So we're making national news. (laughs) It's the scariest, (laughs) worst state for the whole giant United States. Right. And we go back and decide with first grade again. And at that point, we were pretty committed and in. And then she's going to school. And it's just the new normal. Right. So we did start, like, we got to actually go to meet the teacher, like, normal before school starts, and she could, like, take a picture with her teachers, and they weren't in mask, technically, um, or the kids weren't, and then she started, and then it was like, I don't remember exactly, but then we had to start wearing masks. Maybe it was the first day of school she did start. I think it all happened right after our meet the teacher. So she started a mask. Um, and then parents weren't allowed again. 
all of those hopes that we were excited about, that we had pumped her up over the summer, like, hey, guess what? We can come eat lunch with you. Or I can walk you to your classroom on the first day of school because all those nerves that you get mm-hmm. over the summer about a new teacher, a new hallway, and new friends, and then it was taken away again, which felt unfair and frustrating. Um, but it, we, I feel like our family relied on this is what she's she's done it before, mm-hmm. and this is what she knew. Like, and the kids adjust better than the adults most of the time, right? Right. Like they go and they can figure it out, but we're hung up, and like you said, knowing what it could be and what is being lost. Like, really, that that was her only kindergarten. This is her only first grade, and she doesn't get things that other people got. Right. It's tough. So that's where we are now, halfway through first grade, still <laughs> talking about right. COVID, still in the pandemic. And my hope with this and why we're doing this, and this is last week, we're going to change topics. I know everybody's probably sick of COVID, but I do want just to speak to maybe teachers or people that are listening that are in the education system. From a parent's perspective, what is something that you would want to tell them of maybe something they don't know or don't realize or they hadn't thought about of putting themselves in your shoes and as a parent how you've thought about this whole thing and maybe something they could do that's like, oh, you know what, we should do this or oh, this is something that we could do that would help parents at our school. Um, I mean, it's kind of redundant of what we said, but for our case in our family, um, I know so many people can feel like it's it's just kindergarten. Do you remember kindergarten? And my answer is I do. You actually do. I do remember. You have a great memory. I know her name. I still am friends with her. Um, My kindergarten teacher. Oh, who's your kindergarten teacher? Miss Young. There you go. Shout out to Miss Young. Yes. um, I loved her. I could tell you her class theme. I know her centers. I know where I slept at nap time. I do remember. Um, I don't know what that will be for my child, but... To people who say kindergarten is just a year, first grade's just a year, preschool, I'm like, how long are we going to just say that? Because it's fine when we said that for preschool, she missed the end or graduation or those friends. It's fine that she also missed all of that in kindergarten. But now here we are at first grade. So what I feel like I would like um, is just for people to acknowledge that, that our kid, kids, you know, so much of their childhood, more than half or 40% yeah. technically, is a pandemic world. But Eliza's entire memory, like she was one is, and a half, she is adults in masks or um, social distance, broken things, whatever it is. They come to us and ask, Are we going to get sick? Yes. They hear somebody say or something. Or if they hear anyone is sick, they think it's that bad. Like, do they need to stay home for this long? Are they going to be okay? It affected them where I feel like when I said like the playgrounds were closed, all of these things, I am a mostly stay-at-home mom. So that drastically changed our everyday, like from having people in our home and play dates to suddenly parents um, are disagreeing about different things and how we should be doing stuff and there's germs and all these ideas went away and essentially haven't really been given back to us fully where you're just always second-guessing, am I doing the right thing? Are they sick or are they not sick? Should I have done this? Should they be at school? Should we be doing all these things that are going on? I think what I would mainly want to say is it may be one year that you're teaching them or nine months, but this is her only childhood. 
this and long live childhood. Okay. <laughs> Call me Peter Pan, whatever. <laughs> but childhood is so important and so important to her personality and her education and her life. And she only has one. We are adults, and this can be three years of our lives if we say that. Um, but I think it's way different as a 34-year-old than a four-, five-, and six-year-old. This is what was happening. So even though it may seem small or just one year of education, this is all she knows. She doesn't know field trips or parents coming in. It's just this, this life. That's her only experience. Yes. So I think just knowing that they understand that. Um, I recently heard that Nora's class, like, is one, not her specific class, her graduating class. Class of 2033. Um, is one of the hardest that these teachers have ever experienced. And not just Bozier, but widely. And... Duh, is what I want to say. Like, kids. of course. And so they're being labeled as the pandemic kids, which we've said that before. Like, we make jokes when we are go- finally going to restaurants again. Like, our kids are like, what is this idea? Acting What's a, a waiter? <laughs> and anyway, seeing that, it's like, or hearing that, it's funny. I can laugh about it. That is how I cope with humor. But at the same time, it's like, okay. Well, are we just going to label them as the hardest and the worst or the wildest? They're going to carry this with them now for forever. Yeah. Or are we going to, as a community, pivot and be like, yeah, they've never had these experiences. They might not have had a play date or had people or seen family since they were four. And now they're six and seven in a classroom all day. They don't have the same childhood experiences that others did. What are we doing? If we're, are we. Like, what can we do? I know our hands are tied, our educators are, and there's so many rules we have to follow, but how do we pivot? That's a great question. We'd love the teachers to keep working on it. We have nothing but respect and appreciation for teachers. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad we're, our kids are in school, we're open, and we're not being squeaky Thank wheels. Thank God for <laughs> teachers. <laughs> Absolutely. And, I mean, I can't imagine, and so many times people have asked me, do you miss it now? I'm like, for sure no. Mm-hmm. That is insanely hard. They work so hard and care, and most of them are parents and deal have their foot in both places. That's from right. People that have talked before me to now, and they, I know they see both sides. Absolutely. So we're winding down, we're wrapping up, and just for us, I would just like to share maybe how you think we've grown as parents, as a couple, how we've gone through this, because I bet there's some parents listening that probably feel like they have failed, they've been hard on themselves, it's been a tough two years, they don't know if they're doing the right thing, they don't have an education background, and they don't know if their kids are going to ever catch up or get behind or anything. What is something that you think maybe we have done or a way that you and me have grown together as we've gone through this process? Um, I, I love control. And so this has definitely been a learning thing to be like, I, I am actually not in control. I can plan a lot. I can plan our future, plan what Nora's going to do for school. And then it all change instantly. But, um, I think, like I said at the beginning, I can be naturally negative sometimes. And this has helped me focus on being positive, like with Mask. It's not your natural tendency. Yeah, like with mask, I can't control the rule, but I am a rule follower. Because I remember and when not to be like I, this is politics, all science and stuff aside. It was just this is the rule, and I remember thinking I have a choice. I can be 
frustrated that my six-year-old is going to school in this for another year that I'm washing masks and sending them and that you know they're all the things that is not fun I don't have to tell anybody that um but I remember thinking in August this year like I I can either be mad and tell all my friends and know that Nora's probably going to overhear it or be frustrated with you or I can choose to be positive about something I cannot control and I really do feel like that is with the last two years. Like when we were shut down, we can be mad that all these things had been canceled and this is the end, or we can pull out games and say we're going to have a PJ party or go for a family walk and choose joy in the midst of horrible chaos. Right. And so just trying to be positive, um, I think that's something with Nora and Eliza, when something changes or plans have canceled, we've all experienced that from big to small and trying to teach them what is one good thing though like all of that is sad like that's the same thing with with gifts with our kids like after birthday parties well I know you want all this now but what is something you do have what is something we can be happy about or we can count on it is important for them to still feel like there's things they can count on absolutely and as a couple, I think, too, it has helped us or forced us even <laughs> to communicate better, to be on the same page, to figure that out. And like you said, with friend groups of they were mad about Mask and Rainton and Raven that they're going to send their kids and you made a choice and you talked to them. And I think you really were an influence in a circle of people that you took that stand and I think helped to make things better. And you're uh, rolling your <laughs> eyes. You're very you always do this. You are great about that kind of thing. And you do have a great attitude. And I think for you and me together. I've had to be more realistic and not be my Pollyanna rosy glasses <laughs> self, and you've always helped me to do We're that. We're a good match. We are. We're a good team, but I think together we've been able to talk about expectations and let's pray about this. Let's figure this out together and get right. on the same page because it is stressful. It is hard, and I don't want it to be you against me or we're on different sides of something, and then it affects our kids. As right, parents. which we do let our kids complain. I don't want to sure. seem like we oh, gloss yeah. over. I feel like we have learned to be like, you're right, this isn't fun. That is kind of itchy or that's a bummer. But then we have to learn to pivot. Right. So, Absolutely. We set the tone at our house. Yes. And we can choose. And then what, what was your other part of the question? Did the I last thing. <laughs> that's right. Just to finish, the last thought is if there's a teacher, administrator, parent listening, what is one thing that they would do or maybe implement or try that would help a parent? Obviously, we're speaking for all parents everywhere. There's different stages of life. But for us, what is something that you think a school, a parent, a teacher, I mean, a administrator, somebody that's at a school could do to help parents more? So I know that every school is different and situations are different parenting styles but to me and um, a lot of parents that I am friends with I feel like communication is so kind there's a quote that I love that's clarity is kindness mm. and I feel like teachers always do a great job communicating like I'm thankful for getting I mean if you think about it you're looking at me because funny. I don't because, think every teacher does but I mean they do work hard about sending sure. grades home letters they have to update you know all these different forms of communication websites and platforms but then. I think personalized communication which I know is impossible I I hate saying that because I know some teachers may be listening be like I have how many kids and you want me to personally contact but I I can't help it. I have to say it as a parent. 
I've never seen Nora sit at her desk. I've never seen her at lunch. And for over a year, I never even met a single friend at her school. She could not, I didn't know any of them besides some that maybe I met when she was in daycare, when she was little. And to know anything, anything of her day, which she is our firstborn, is so kind and it kills so many bad stories and spiraling in my head or worries just to know, you know, she loves reading. Like when her teacher told me that, I'm like, she does because she doesn't at home, <laughs> right. which I totally believe that because kids are different at school and at home. Um, and then, you know, when they've sent pictures, I think about, you know, when I decided to be a stay-at-home mom, my vision for that was I would be greatly involved in Nora's school. I would help. You were going to do PTO, be, mom. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I would be very helpful anytime they asked. And I thought I would have pictures of her school year. And, and be I able don't. to go to events like Johnny Appleseed Day. Right. Or and so the few times that I've gotten pictures, I'm like, I have three pictures of Nora in kindergarten at all. And I'm like, look, Evan, she has friends. Or look, she's always by this girl. I wonder what her name is. Or she's happy. Or She's told us stories about this person. Now we can put a face with the name. Yeah. And like, I mean, we didn't get to go to honor roll, her first honor roll assembly and um them sending pictures they updated it on a facebook group and we took the time and went through like all 64 pictures just to see it and i mean i know that's so hard to ask but it really does make a difference to see this and with my kid being young i it's a disservice for these teachers who i know are bending over backwards to let my six-year-old tell the story because she'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> we, di- I, we didn't do anything today. And I'm like, I know that's not true. So just hearing that, communicating, um, finding ways for us to be involved, that feels great to me. That's what I would want to say to teachers is just um, to remember we don't know anything. We're not there. We... Um, our, our kids don't have cell phones, so we don't talk to them d- during the day. And um, any little sliver of their day is so kind, and it makes me feel so at ease. I know the same is true for other moms in my boat when they get these pictures or they've been able to help or go to something, and they're like, wow, they really are good. I thought this about this teacher, but once I got to know her, I'm like, you're amazing. And, you know, I thought my kid might need – such and such or we might have to transfer or move or homeschool and I saw her and she was actually doing great and I'm like it really clarity's kindness that's very well said I think that's great and I appreciate all that teachers are doing we appreciate all the schools seriously we don't want to come off as oh my gosh they're complaining millennial parents that need to see pictures of everything (laughs) but it does matter we love doing that and I know everybody's stage of life's different wherever your kids are at are different but I think every parent deep down wants to see their kid and know they're doing well to be proud of them to get bragged on to hear something about them even with their high schoolers right they want to know how their kids do and I'm sure someone's like yeah my 16 year old doesn't talk about their day (laughs) right which I know you get it so if your teacher could send you a picture I'm sure you'd love it I say picture, but any form. Yeah, Anything, email, a, a note, note. Right. Whatever. Smiley face. <laughs> so thanks for listening, Mallory. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me.
me. We have these conversations all the time off air, and now we just get to share it with some great parents that yes, are listening. I tried really hard not to talk at the same time. We did good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening to this episode. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts so you get each new episode each week. And make sure you give us a five-star review. It helps people to find the podcast. And we'll be back next week.